Greetings from Bishop Aubrey Shines and G2G Ministries in Tampa, Florida. We pray that you would be blessed and encouraged by the biblical message you are about to hear. Today's classic sermon from Bishop Shines continues the series Fundamental Doctrines with reference scripture Hebrews chapter 6 verses 1 through 2 in the Amplified Classic and King James translations. Hebrews, the sixth chapter. Hebrews 6. Let's turn real quick over to the Amplified Translation. And I'm going to share this with you in just a few moments. We will not be able to obviously even try to finish all of this. Uh, But one of the reasons I'm laying down this foundation, you'll see it here in just a moment, is because this is something that every believer needs to have in his or her arsenal. And I'll explain that as we go. All right, let's look at Hebrews 6. Uh, Let's begin at verse number 1 in the Amp, Amplified Translation. If you can see it, say amen. Thanks, Elder. All right, come on, read with Pastor. Therefore, let us go on and get past the elementary stage in the teachings and doctrine of Christ, the Messiah, advancing steadily toward the completeness and perfection that belong to spiritual maturity. Let us not again be laying the foundation of repentance and abandonment of dead works, dead formalism, and of the faith by which you turn to God. Verse 2, with teachings about purifying, the laying on of hands, the resurrection from the dead, and eternal judgment and punishment. These are all matters of which you should have been fully aware long, long ago. Grab someone by the hand and tell them these are basic doctrines that as a believer, you and I should be fully aware of. All right, let that hand go. Y'all didn't sound like y'all made me believe that. Would you grab another hand on the other side before you take your seat, please? Come on, grab him or her by the hand and say, your hand feels better anyway. (laughs) Come on, tell that individual, say, the basic doctrines are for believers. And if you and I will ever grow up into spiritual maturity, we need to know these fundamental doctrines first. Okay, amen. Be seated. Let's go to work. Now, let me lay this down for you just really, really quick. And I'm going to ask you, Sister Audrey, to bring up uh, the first set uh, of notes here in just a moment. The reason I'm giving this foundation is because Paul the Apostle said, or the writer here said, these are fundamental or these are what he called elementary doctrines. So everyone remembers elementary school. It was part of your kindergarten makeup. Paul said, the writer here said rather, that these are things that we should have already known long, long ago. So if we're to take this to heart, and we should, please hear pastor, that simply means that decisions that you and I make are often decisions that come out of an environment, comes out of a tradition, comes out of a culture. But the reality of it is the word of the Lord should have preeminence over our culture over our traditions. And a lot of us, we do things in life. We make choices in life 
based on and based out of things that we have learned through an environment. Yet the scripture says for the believer, every believer, this should be our foundation. If you don't have a proper foundation, then the reality of it is you will never live out the reality of God. Your first note is already put up for you. Don't just read it. Let's take note of it. And the reason I want you to take note of this is because if you're ever going to grow to become what God wants you to become, you're going to have to understand and have a fundamental or a foundation in your life. Again, Hebrews 6, 1 tells us that these are basic doctrines or fundamental doctrines or doctrines. And I'll use the word where we get the Greek word here, kindergarten out of is where we get the word elementary from. So these are fundamental elementary kindergarten things that every believer needs to know. Now I'm going to take my time. And in the next several weeks, my job is to make sure that every one of you under the sound of my voice have an understanding of basic doctrines. Let me tell you why. Even in looking at the young men and women here that are matriculated through college, one of the things that you're going to find out is that it's not money as a Christian that you should be focused on. Money will become part of it, and it's a beautiful thing to have. But as a Christian, only what you do for Christ is really going to last. I'm going to say that again. Only what you do for Christ is going to last. It's not the money that you'll have. It's not the planes that you'll have. It's not all of the fringe benefits that come along. By the way, there's nothing wrong with any of those things. But if you only put your emphasis on those things as a believer, when problems come, and they will come, you won't have anything to stand on other than the job or the vocation that you were trained in. Well, life changes, vocation changes, things don't always work out the way that we want them to work out, yet there is a fundamental attitude that every believer should have if you're going to be successful. If not, then you're going to deal with life based on your emotion. Would you touch someone on the shoulder and tell them you need to get over yourself as a believer and find out what God is saying about your life? All right, let's go to the next slide here, if you don't mind. So if you don't have this foundation, you'll never live out uh, what you are. Now, this is where I want you to go. Come with me uh, in Scripture over to Romans, the 10th chapter, and the 8th verse. Romans 10, verse number 8. And I'm going to take time. I want you to see this. Um, again, I don't have time to really go over all of these things, it would be too much. If you were not here, one of the things that I do want you to do is to make sure that you have the CDs uh, of the prior services. So let's make sure that you have CDs of these services, and that will give you an idea. Now, I want to say this just really quick before we, we tackle this scripture here. If you don't take time to build up your spirit, then when spiritual things happen in your life, you're only going to respond out of your flesh. As a matter of fact, I want you to repeat that with me. Say, as a spiritual person, come on, repeat it. Say, as a spiritual person, say, if I don't respond to life and its challenges with a spiritual response, put your hand on your heart. Say, I'll only respond from my flesh. Now, I need you to make sure you get this. Your flesh will never please God. The Bible says, and the reason I'm dealing with this particular uh, portion of this basic doctrine of faith is because the Bible says about faith that it is impossible. 
How many people want to please God in here? If you really want to please God, let me see your hand. Well, let me tell you what the Bible says about it. The Bible says it is impossible to please God without faith. And anything that is not of faith it's actually of sin. So if you don't understand the basic doctrine of faith, then it will be impossible to please God because it takes faith to please God according to his word. Come and go with me, if you don't mind, over in the amp. Let's look at the scripture. Uh, we're going to go all the way from verse number eight, and we're going to read down here just a little bit. All right. Come on. Read with pastor. Let's start at verse number eight. But what does it say? I can't hear you one more time. But what does it say? Note the next one. The word, God's message in Christ is where? Near you and where? On your lips and where? And in your hearts. That is the word, the message, the basis and object of faith which we preach. Read verse number nine with me. Because if you acknowledge and confess with your lips... That Jesus is Lord and in your heart believe. What is believe? Adhere to, trust in, and rely on the truth that God raised him from the dead. You will be what? You'll be saved. Read verse 10 with me. For with a heart, a person believes. What is that again? Adheres to, trust in, and relies on Christ. And as a result is what? And so is justified, which is declared righteous, acceptable to God, and with the mouth he confesses. He declares openly and speaks out freely of what? Come on, read that again. He speaks openly and speaks out what? Freely of what? His faith. And confirms his salvation. So one of the words that I want to give you there, and we already have it up, is where the word, it says, for with thy word, or the word is near thee. Please write this down. The word said, and the, the notes here I've provided. The word is the Greek word, rhema. You need to really make sure you get it because there are several scriptures that use, quote, the word word, but the word word in Hebrew and Greek are a little different. But I'm going to make sure that you understand really the two basic dynamics of that here in just the next few weeks. But I need to lay the foundation. So note what it says. It says thy word or thy rhema is near thee. Now, here are the few definitions I want you to write down. Please write them down. The word there in Romans 10 and 8, where it says for thy word is near thee. It literally means, please write this definition down, declaration. You need to write that down to declare something. To declare something. Now, this is so important for the believer because most believers don't understand that God have given you and I the ability to declare something. It's different in just repeating something than to declare it. Anyone can repeat anything, but a declaration has a real different dynamic that's really involved. Now, I want you to keep that word in mind, but turn with me, if you will, now over to Matthew, the 10th chapter. Matthew 6, rather. Matthew 6 and 10. I gave this earlier, and then we'll go back, Audrey, to this same note here in just a moment. But I want to do this a little different. Go over with me to Matthew 6, verse number 10. Now, most of us remember this scripture because we have called it in Christianity for a long time what is called the Lord's Prayer. 
you know, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as he forgives our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory forever and forever. Amen. Now, this word here in the original language is a little different. So when Jesus was making this comment, and we'll go back here to Romans in just a moment. When Jesus made this comment, uh, uh, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. This is part of this rhema or this declaration. The literal translation in the, the uh, actual Greek language in which this was conceived was more of a declaration. So when Jesus said, thy kingdom come, he wasn't just speaking a little mild, a uh, little passive voice. He was, watch pastor, he was putting it this way, come thy kingdom and be done thy will. So it was an affirmation, a declaration that something was going to happen. I need you to make sure you understand that. If you don't take any other note, make sure you understand that that word, that definition is a definition of something that you declare. So when you declare something, you are taking note, you are drawing a line in the sand. Well, who are we drawing a line to? Now, you may want to write this down. Matthew 19. Thank you, Dr. Gans. Last service, I said Matthew 18. It is 18. I said 19. Matthew 18, I gave last service. Please make sure you write it down. It's, if you remember, it's called what's called the prayer of agreement. I don't have time to get into it, but I just want to tie this in. In a few weeks, I'll put it all together for you, but I want to make sure that you're getting this. How many remember what Jesus said, if, there, if two or three of you would come together, touch as in agreeing, then whatever you say, he says, first of all, I'm going to be in your midst. He says, and then whatever you say, then you can have. Now, that word there is where we get part of our word symphony from. It's, it gives the idea that if you're going to play music, there must be a symphonic sound. There must be some harmony. You can't be off beat. Have you ever uh, listened to someone sing that's off tone? Look at your neighbor and say, that's you. That's why he's looking over here at you. I'm just kidding. All right, here's the deal. When Jesus made that, he was simply saying that if you're going to have faith, if you're going to understand this doctrine, he says, you got to be on the same place. You got to be in the same heart. You got to be in the same mind. So I want to make sure that you grab this people of God. Having the understanding of the basic doctrine of faith simply means that part of your faith means that you don't ask for certain things, you declare certain things. Why? Because Jesus put it this way. He said, my will will not just be done in heaven, but it also be done where? On earth as well. So as it is in heaven, so shall it be on the earth. Well, when you and I are operating in this doctrine of faith and we don't understand we're making a declaration, watch this, then you will respond to the way you were raised. Let me give you case in point. Most of us, when we go through some challenges in our lives, we all say things like this. If it didn't get any worse, I just wouldn't think that anything good happened. Seems like I move one step forward. 
Why do you know that term? Because you've heard it, and then oftentimes you repeat it. It seems like nothing good really happens for me. It seems like once I gave my life to the Lord, things really begin to happen. It looked like when I was in the world, I was doing better than I am now that I'm in the church. It seems like the people of the church. See, all those kinds of things, watch this, will tear down what and how your faith should really operate. Now, here's some new notes I want to make sure that you get. And please make sure you understand this about the symphony part. The symphony is saying exactly or in agreement with what God has already said. So in order for us to really understand this, I'm going to go back real, really quick here because there are a couple other passages of scripture you must have. So let's go to it uh, one more time. Go back with me one more time uh, to this particular part uh, there in Matthew, uh, if you don't mind. So when we see this, you'll understand. I'm sorry, uh, in Romans, uh, rather, uh, one more time. Uh, it says, thy word is weird. It's near you and it's in your mouth. That is, and I'm quoting the scripture, the word of faith. So where's faith? Faith is something that's not on the outside. Everyone take your hand, put on your heart, say it comes from within here. Come on, I'm going to help you in just a moment, but put your hand on your heart. Say, this is where this faith is coming from. Repeat this with me. Say, I didn't get it on my own. Say, it came from God himself. So every believer should have a word that God, that God himself has impregnated within your spirit. I want to show you this, and I'm going to make sure you get it, so follow me. Let's go over to Matthew 12. Matthew 12, Matthew 12, and then we're going to look really quick at verse number, I think it was 27 or 37 uh, that I had put up before. Matthew 12, 37. And now let's go to verse number 37. Matthew 12, 37. Let's go to the Amplified Translation again. Remember what I just gave you in Romans. With Romans 10 and 9, Romans 10 and 8, Romans 10 and 10 says, For thy word is near you, even in your mouth. But it comes out of your heart. Then he says, through your mouth, you know that the word is right there. Now, remember, the word is where? It's near you. Where is it? It's in your heart. And, and how do you get it out of your heart? You speak it through your mouth. You got that. Come over to Matthew 12. I want you to see this, and I want you to read this along with pastor as well. All right. Let's go now to verse 37. In the Amplified, if you can see it, say amen. amen. Come on, read along with pastor here. Come on, read out loud. For by your what? By your words, you will be what? Justified. And by your words, you'll be what? Acquitted. And by your words, you'll be what? And by your words, you'll be what? So watch this. When you are not operating in faith, note what Jesus said. He says, by the word. Remember what I gave you out of Romans 10, 8, 9, 10? The word is near you, even in your heart, and by your heart and through your mouth confession is made. Most of us don't operate in this, this doctrine of faith. And the reason I know we don't is because one day we may speak it, but in the same breath, same mouth, a few hours later, we're saying something totally different other than what God said. Now, go back to this verse here. For by your words, the ones that's in your heart, the ones that come through your mouth, you'll be what? You'll be justified and acquitted. Now, I need you to make sure you pay attention because the only person that needs to be acquitted is a person that has been found guilty. You don't need to be acquitted for something that you're not guilty of. So again, 
This element deals with the key word. Please write it down. It's called intimacy. Intimacy is the thing that will bring you closer to God. How many married folk do I have? Let me give the same example that I did in the first service. How many of you married? Come on, lift up those hands. Well, here we go. In your marriage, if you want to communicate something of an intimate level, and don't let sex dominate your minds, people. Intimacy is much larger than just being sexual. Something that is close to your heart is intimate. It means that it's near, it's dear to your heart. Intimacy is what brings you closer to God. When there is no intimacy, even in your relationship, you cannot then share your heart. The way you share your heart is through being close. I want you to keep that in the realm of faith, though, for just a moment. If faith is what is needed to please God and your words are part of your faith that he's given you, then when you say what God is not saying about your situation, it, then if you read the B portion of the scripture, it says, then by your words, you are now condemned. Your sentence. Why? Because when a person doesn't say what God is saying, they're saying something out of their own culture. They're saying something that they've learned through a tradition. Would you repeat this with me if you don't mind? Just take your hand. We're going to have a pledge here. Put your right hand up. Say this with me. Say, I pledge from this day forward. If I am a believer, the words that I speak will either justify me or the same words will condemn me. I need you to take that same hand. Look at your neighbor. Come on real quick. Look at him or her. Repeat this with me. Say as much as I love you, I'm going to request that you never speak words of death concerning my life. If you can't speak life to my life, tell them, keep your mouth shut. Why is that important? Jesus said to the believer. Now, if you're not a believer, this ain't working for you. I need you to understand. Don't go around if you're an unbeliever, not living as a believer, thinking you're going to reap the blessings of God. Ain't ever going to get it. It's never going to happen because you are already set your course. But I got some good news. You can become a believer today. Praise the name of the Lord. With your words, you speak life into life. So your response is indicative of your faith. So when a bad situation happens, now let's get real. Our young people are back in the back in, in, in youth service today. Let me talk to you as adults here. When you speak death into your situation... According to Jesus, whatever you speak is what you're going to produce. If you want a harvest of death around you, when something bad happens in your life, just keep speaking death. This is how it may sound. Nothing ever works out for me. Or I don't know why I'm going through what I'm going through. I know others that have done worse and they seem to have some good things happening. I don't know if I'm ever going to have anybody to love me. Nobody really loves me. I've been in multiple relationships and I'm always abused. It seems like I can never find the right person. Nothing good comes out of my job. As a matter of fact, I hate my job. I wish I didn't. I hate getting up in the morning going to this job. Watch this. The more deaf you speak. 
when they fire you from that job. Don't call EEOC. You created an environment. Watch this. Jesus said, your words have life and or death. So when you speak, you are creating an environment that your eyes cannot see, but your words are going out of your mouth, creating an environment that is now setting you up for either success or you're being set up to die. So when you lose your job, don't you call us, pray for me. Why you need prayer? I lost my job. What did you say about your job before you lost it? Well, I just didn't like it. Why didn't you have sense enough to speak life into that job? Well, I didn't like pastor, the supervisors, or the managers. They all didn't like me. Can we pause here for just a moment? If every job you go in, you get fired. This is just 50 some years of living. I can assure you it ain't all the managers. Would you grab someone by the hand and say, I think you had a little some some to do with that one. If everybody is firing you, maybe you're, well, I, what do you do? Well, I mean, I come in late. You come in late. Well, everybody else comes in late. You are a child of the most high. See, your words have power in life and the unbeliever don't have the same power in life that you have. So when you're late, I don't like the job. That's why I'm the first, the last one in and the first one out. You do nothing extracurriculum. Nobody ever knows you. You don't get along with anybody. Oh, God. That's you that's creating, watch this, watch this, your faith is now working uh, counterproductive in your life. Why? Because you're not operating in the principle or the doctrine of faith. This is why every believer needs to know this stuff. Because you say, well, I go to church, pastor, and I'm part of glory to glory ministry. Bravo. That's good. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But that don't mean that Jesus is in you. You can get quiet if you want. Just because you go to somebody's church don't mean the church is really in you. Your name could be on well, my grandfather's name is on the bench right here. Your dad, he's dead. What are you talking about? That's not going to save you because of the church you've been in. Well, my family been part of this church for 59,000 years. And what has it gotten you? See, if the word of faith, if the doctrine of faith is not alive in you, The scripture says you're not even pleasing God. So watch this. When negative things happen, if the first thing out of your mouth is something negative, you are going to reap what you're sowing. It's not God sitting back going, I can't wait to beat them up. I can't wait to hit them in the head. Listen, that's not the spirit of the father. A good father, even when he has a child that is disobedient, will still love his son or his daughter. That's the spirit of the father. The spirit of the father is not waiting for you to fail. The spirit of the father is saying even when you do fail, as we see in the prodigal son, that dad stayed looking through that gate every day of his life. I'm waiting for something. That was an act of faith. That daddy was waiting for his son to come back. But if you speak death, that boy ain't ever going to be anything. You are now creating an environment Where that son or that daughter is going to wrestle because your words of faith have helped create an environment where you said they're never going to be anything. 
And they'll fight things in their spirit. They don't even know why they're fighting. You help create it. See, when you don't understand faith, you'll speak those crazy words. He's never, listen, I don't care if that boy or girl's in jail. You ought to be speaking what God says. Father, they may be in jail, but bless your holy name. I know you got your hand upon them. I know they're going to get out of this situation. And even if they're in jail, you're going to raise them up to be the leader you wanted them to be. And when they're in cell block C, they're going to still do your will. See, faith, watch this, Romans 10, Romans 10. It's near you even in your mouth. But what do, how do you respond when things are not well? Can I give you a scripture here? I don't have time to look it up. Jesus said this. I gave it in the first service. I quote, Jesus said, because of my word, there's that same word, Romans 10, Matthew 12, because of my word, I'm quoting Christ. He says, because of my word, persecution must come to you. That's a scripture quote. So everyone do this exercise with me. Come on. Put your hand on your heart. Say, this is where the word is. Come on. Let's do it. Say, this is where the word is. Say, now, my job is to speak it through here. Put your hand back on your heart. Jesus said, come on, repeat it. Say, Jesus said, wherever his word is, watch this. Say, when I speak it out, persecution comes. then why don't we speak the right stuff when it happens? Let me show you something here. Go back there one more time, if you don't mind. Matthew 12, real quick. Matthew 12. He says, either you're condemned or you're what? You're justified. He says, either you're going to be condemned and sentenced. Now, note what Jesus wants to say. Jesus is not saying somebody's going to take you to a physical jail to sentence you. Then what is sentencing you? sentencing the believer watch this means that you are incarcerated by a spiritual force that you have spoken out of your own mouth that means that when you were going through whatever you were going through watch this your basic doctrine of faith never led you to say the right stuff I don't care how broke you I don't care what you're going through do you know every day of your life you should wake with a great attitude you know why? Because it could be a whole lot worse than it is right now. So why not be grateful for whatever it is that God is already doing and have done through you and for you, knowing that it didn't have to be what it is right now. But I don't have what everybody else has. You may not be able to handle what everybody else is handling. So why not just be grateful for what, well, I don't like my car. There are some folk that don't have a car. I don't like the person I'm with. Keep talking that negative stuff. And when they leave, <laughs> I believe in God, honey, for another one. Well, you spoke death on that one. Y'all can get quiet if you want. I'm trying to help you. See, we can complain about something we already have. Why not speak the word of faith? Now, I'm not talking about people abusing you and all that silly stuff. God already has something to say. And nobody under the sound of my voice, God, have put in this earth for somebody to abuse you. Would you give someone a high five and say, that's a free part. Won't cost you anything. Go ahead. Give them a high five. Tell them that's a free part. Some people will take this message and say, see, the Lord put me in your life. I know I'm abusing you, but I just feel led of the Lord. You're supposed to take it. The devil is a liar. God already set that course. You don't, let, you don't let people just walk on you in the name of, why well, I just love them and I'm going to speak the word of faith. I'll speak the word of the faith while you're gone. Because abuse is not something God has called me to be. 
I'm not called to be your punching bag. Come on, ladies, talk back to me here. Not a lady in the sound of my voice called to deal with some, somebody punching them out in the name of love. That ain't love. And thank God you're not my daughter. I feel, fulfill the rest of my years in prison. I'll let you figure that one out. In faith, hallelujah, to the Lamb of God. So doctrine, watch this, the doctrine of faith has to be expressed a certain kind of way. So here's again, please write this down. How then do you respond when you're dealing with life challenges? What, now, people of God, please hear me. Our young people in the back, let's talk adult talk here. If your comments are negative about what you're dealing with, then you're only going to reap out of the basic doctrine of faith a harvest of negative things. Why not every day speak life into what you're dealing with? This may sound corny to some of you, but it's very few days that God wake me up in this earth that I don't make a declaration. I don't care, bad breath and all. I'm going to make the declaration, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to be glad in it. That there is no weapon that is formed against me that is going to prosper this day. But every tongue that rises up against me, I shall condemn it. For this is the heritage of the servant of the Lord. For God, you have called me today to be the head and not to tail. Therefore, everywhere I go, every place I put the sole of my feet, I have the potential of having victory in that area that is the reason why father i lift up my hands and i give you glory because i know this is a day i've never seen and i know that today is a great day for me to expect something that i've been waiting for for a long time now if it don't come to pass that day guess what the next day i'm getting up saying the same thing for this is the day that the lord has made i shall rejoice and i'm going to be glad in it listen moms listen dads why not speak that same word Word over your children but you gotta pastor look at what look at how they're living you don't go by what you see your words will justify you and free you or your words will condemn you listen do you not know you can get in the thoughts and in the dreams i'm not talking about witchcraft here people but pray pray like you know speak the word you begin to speak the word over people's lives who are coming against you. You will mess folk up. Do you not know the scripture says that the person that have dug a grave for you, you better go and read the Proverbs, that the grave they're digging for you is the grave they'll be in. You ain't got to curse nobody out. Just speak what God is saying. The grave that the individual is trying to bury me in will be the grave that they find themselves in. Why? I am called to live and not to die. That's the word of faith. See, but if you don't have that, you know what you'll do? When someone comes against you, you'll curse them out the way they curse you out. They call you a bunch of four-letter words. You find 30-letter words to call them. Some of y'all are not anointed by God. Some of y'all have been anointed by the devil. Let somebody go off on you. You will check them all day long. Listen, let me tell you. Blah, 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 blah. Man, stop. You embarrass sailors. Some of y'all done curse so many folk out. And then you want coming into my praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Man, let your hands down. Stop cursing these folk out. Well, if they go off on me, I'm going to check them back. No, that's your tradition. Well, I was born, you know, my last name. I better not lose any, use anybody's last name. See, I'm going to get in trouble. I was born a Johnson. 
And us Johnsons are known for cussing folk out. My great grandmama used to chew tobacco and cuss folk out. Therefore, I'm going to chew tobacco and cuss you out. Not as a believer. As a believer, you and I are called to speak life. If they curse you out, why not repeat what God said about you? What difference does it make if they curse you out? What can they do to you? You know what Jesus said? He said, don't you fear them that can kill your body. He says, but fear him that can take you out of soul and body. So if somebody is cursing you out, why not speak life into it? Somebody tell you, you ain't ever going to be anything. I've had people to tell me their husbands and wives told them, you ain't going to be nothing without me. I'm like, whoa, Jesus. <laughs> Who are they, Jesus? I mean, can you imagine someone telling you that? Would you grab someone by the hand and say, I love you, but don't you ever talk that silly stuff to me? You know why? Because if Christ died for you and resurrected for you, then who can then hurt you? Don't you know that God is bigger than your situation? But if you don't know the word of life and you don't understand the doctrine of faith, you know what you're going to do? You're going to respond the same way they're responding to you. But that's not who you are. Well, I'm not going to turn my cheek. By the way, that, he didn't mean that literally, people. Oh, God. I, I wish you all could see some of your faces. I've been letting everybody beat me up. I thought he meant turn the other cheek. This means turn to a side and let them say, as a matter of fact, keep turning. You know what? It ain't going to hurt you. Hit me if you want to. When the fight is over, I'm still standing. You out. Why? Not because I'm bigger, shorter, taller, fatter, thinner. It's because I have someone on my side that's much, much more deeper than you. See, our doctrine of faith has to be expressed. But watch this. It'll never be expressed without you putting and investing some time into building your faith. You can listen, people. Listen, listen. I'm trying to help some of you. You can't ever become strong by never developing what God has given you. Okay, can we take a real poll? Can I get 50 honest folk in this second service? I just need, all right, 25. 20. Can I get 10? Can I get five honest people? Watch this. I need your honesty. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed. How many say you're a believer? That you, you're a believer. You're a Christ follower. Because I, well, I believe in Jesus. You don't go to church. You don't tithe. You have no pastor. Burr, wrong answer. So let, let me deal with a different group. How many are faithful in a church somewhere? Let me, it's okay. You have an opportunity to become if you're not. Here's the deal. If what is required for you as a believer is to build your faith, but every day or every week of your life, I need, again, I need honesty. It's nothing wrong with TV. But how many watch something kind of regular on TV? I don't care if it's ESPN, if it's sports, whatever, if it's whatever. You watch something. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, don't I don't watch any TV. Liar, 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 liar. Sure you do. Sure you do. Now watch this. I didn't say it was anything wrong, but I want you to see a bigger picture. You have no problem developing your emotional ties to that program. Because it's fun or it's funny or whatever it is that you watch it for. Watch this. Your faith has a need to be developed. If you don't deposit something in the rim of your faith, 
every day, then when the challenges come, you're not going to be ready to deal with that challenge. I said this about Elder. I usually use Brother Ken uh, for this. But, but Elder is a master in jiu-jitsu and teaches all of this stuff, how to break someone down, tap them out. Don't let his gray beard fool you. He's still in shape. His wife said, I know that's right. I'm just saying what she said. I, didn't, I'm not, I don't even know what that means. I'm just, I'm just saying what she did. You know that's a mom and daddy sitting over there. But she grown. I guess she can say that. Now, because <laughs> I just said he's in shape. Elders stand up. People don't. They need to recognize. Turn around. Ed. Now, when he turns around, watch out. Lights may go down in here. Because it's muscle. It's just he's, he's in shape. Now, thank you, Elder. You may think you can fight. And you may be able to do pretty well. Can I suggest something? Don't get in a cage with a man that fights every day. Why? Well, I can fight. Man, you will get knocked out. You'll wake up tomorrow. What happened? I, I was just eating dinner. Something happened. Something hit me. What hit me? Oh, my teeth. What happened to my teeth? That man done tapped you out. You don't get in a cage with this man, and this is what he does. He trains. He stretches. He lifts. He perspires. He works. He runs. He does all this to maintain a certain, watch this, decorum to fight in. Watch this. I want this to be spiritual. When you're faced with the enemy, it's like being faced with a challenge. You may understand the principle of fighting, but why would you get into a cage with someone? This is what they do. The Bible calls Satan an adversary, meaning that there are some things about him you need to pay attention to. The scripture goes on to say, for your adversary is like a roaring lion. He's constantly seeking something to devour. Now, we can preach all this stuff to make folk happy. Satan can't do this. Satan can't do that. You better read your scripture. He can do whatever you give him power to do. Well, I ain't giving him power. If your faith is not built to get into the cage with him, you are now opening yourself up. Because then when the real fight happens, you're not ready to fight on that level. I say it all the time. You don't wait to get into a fight with a trained fighter and say, excuse me. I got to get my crunches on. Hold up. And you, and you crunch it, trying to get your abs going. That ain't time to do it. Deacon over here trains boxers. I wouldn't want to fight his worst man if I'm, I don't care how low that individual may be. Because if he has any basic training, he's going to have a certain kind of stamina. He, he knows how to jab, get in, get out. So now, unless I'm trained to do it, why would I want to get it? I want to make the spiritual people. Your faith is required in order to win. If on a daily basis you put nothing into your faith, then when the, how many notes Satan don't send you a letter saying, on month such and such, I'm going to be attacking you? Anybody? Do you get a letter saying, and on such, much, such and such month, I'm going to come against your children? Anybody ever get one of those pre-note? He just out of nowhere, bam. Now, you're trying to get ready for the fight, but you're never prepared for it. Because you were too busy watching ESPN. You were too busy watching whatever it is that you watch. Come on, man. 
See, if there's no training for it, then you're not going to be prepared to win this thing. You'll never understand the basic of speaking life in the midst of opposition if you never had to speak it before. Can I go a little further? Just a few more moments. You may think I'm old and foggy when I say this. I don't think there's anything wrong with secular music. But I will tell you whether the music is secular or gospel. If that doesn't have some edifying portion to it, I don't care how much of a jam that is to you. That's my jam. You need to learn what your jam is saying. Because your jam may not be as good. Your jam may jam you up. Well, I'm just, it's, just, it's just a song, Pastor. Now you're going too far. See, you know what you're doing? You're still living by your tradition and your culture. See, you don't want to let go what God is trying to. God's not trying to hurt you. He's really just trying to build you. And if your jam is speaking words, where's the word? It's in your heart. It's in your mouth when you speak it. If you're speaking words because that's your jam, you're still singing the same love song, but you're waiting for another love. I'm looking for a new love, baby. <laughs> you already got one. But it's your jam. So what you're creating is a new love because you're looking for one. Oh, see, y'all are missing it. You're singing. Watch this. You're putting words in you that are contradicting where God has you. Faith doesn't work like that. By your words, you're justified. And by your words, you are ensnared. You're in bondage. You're sentenced. You're in prison. Why imprison your mind by the stuff that is comfortable to you? So you sing and you produce stuff. You say, but ain't nothing wrong with it. Okay. I'm not here to argue with you. As your pastor, I'm just trying to grow you up. You know what? If you want to hold on to it, you know what you're acting like? Where we started from in Hebrews 6. Let us move on past these elementary kindergarten things over into a place of maturity. You know what? Who holds on to things? Little kids. Mine, 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 mine. That's what some of you grown folk are doing. You don't want to let go of it because it's yours, 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 yours. And I'm telling you to grow up some things you just got to let go. You know why? It's doing more damage to you than good. It's nobody's trying to rain on your parade. I'm just trying to simply say, you know what? Maybe you want to reconsider the things that you're saying and singing because it may hinder where you're going. I'm going to say this in close. There are a few people that I get a chance to hang out with sometimes. And if they ever speak words of death around me, do you know, not because I'm their pastor, but as a pastor, I rebuke them right there on the spot. I don't even allow people to even joke around me with certain things. Man, I, one day I'm going to be driving fast. I'm going to guess I'm going to die driving fast. The devil is a liar. Don't you ever say that crap around me. Because I don't believe that God's will is for you to die driving fast. Now, if you drive fast, please don't claim the accident that's going to kill you. How about claim God's mercy or do something? See, it's what you say and it's how you say it. So part of your basic faith is built into the words that come out of your heart. Here's the last question. Please write it down. What type of words do you put in you? Can I give you a hint? If the words are not from scripture, if they're not something that's inspirational, you may want to consider the words that you've been putting in you. Because God will help you based out of what you're proclaiming. Can you make a declaration to be with me today? Everyone stand. I'm finished. Would you declare this with me? 
But I want you to do it a little different. The Bible says that when we speak something, let there be multiple witnesses that not only hear it, but it has to come out of us. That's both in the book of Deuteronomy and in the book of Corinthians. Can you make some real quick circles? We got several other things. I got to get you out of here. I know it's late. I'm nine minutes over time, but I want to make sure you get this. Would you hold hands with someone just really, really quickly? Now, if you don't know that person, just real quick, real quick, introduce yourself. Please introduce yourself. Don't, don't hold a stranger's hand. You don't know whose hand you're holding. Tell them who you are. Tell them where you live, what you like to eat. No, you ain't got to do that, but just introduce yourself. Come on. Would you repeat this with me? Say, I declare to you today, from this day forward, I will choose. If I ever see you, if I don't see you, I will speak life about you. When I think of you, my words are going to be great. My thoughts will be fantastic. And I'll pray words of wealth, success, healing, salvation, all that is good. I'll speak it over your life. From this day forward, the basic doctrine of faith. God gave it to each of us. And our responsibility is to build on it. So I speak words. Whether we are in agreement or not. My words for you will be kind. My words will be help. My words will be strength. In Jesus' name. If you really prayed that prayer, let that hand go and put your hands together. Come on. We hope this message has been a blessing in your life. To hear more inspiring, transformative messages, visit glorytoglory.org and make sure you follow and like us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram.